0: training management in a do-it-yourself store. Everything pre about that time is a bit hazy. and I'm, All I know is what I've been told in that I was involved in a car accident and I went through the windscreen. Somehow, I don't know, smashed my skull and had a bleed on the brain, which caused the stroke. I was critically ill for six, seven weeks, unconscious for about the same time. And I left hospital as a bit of a vegetable, really. I didn't know anybody, I didn't know friends, I didn't know my own parents. Six years afterwards, I started driving again. That was freedom. Yes, and these days, because I've I've spent so long working and favoring my left side, because i paralyzed the right side, I've now suffered severe stress and arthritis in my left side. So, (laughs) I'm a wheelchair user, powered wheelchair user and the car, it gives me freedom, it gets me out. I got married and I had three children and the last 10 years I've been holidaying in Lithuania and France and I've been going to Australia for, for eight years. Visiting old friends that I met when I came back from Australia in 1970.
1: Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear and this is Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Since the 1970s, after discovering how effective aspirin is controlling hypertension, stroke mortality rates have declined significantly. Over the last 20 years, deaths from stroke have decreased by a further 50%. But it's important to remember that stroke remains a leading cause of death and disability. 38,000 people in the year die, from stroke. In this episode, we hear from Toby Gower from Canterbury, who suffered a stroke in 1973 at the age of 19.
0: I returned from living in Australia with my family in in 1970, and because the education system was two years behind the level over here, I had to go back to school for two years And so I was still sporty and athletic and with my mates and having fun. I was 19, enjoying life, working and looking forward to a good future. I was... Training management in a do-it-yourself store. Everything pre about that time is a bit hazy. and I'm, All I know is what I've been told in that I was involved in a car accident and I went through the windscreen. Somehow, I don't know, smashed my skull and had a bleed on the brain, which caused the stroke. I was critically ill for six, seven weeks, unconscious for about the same time. And I left hospital as a bit of a vegetable, really. I didn't know anybody, I didn't know friends, I didn't know my own parents. The drugs that I was forced to take weren't helping. I remember going to college after a couple of years sitting around doing nothing, and I suddenly realized that I had to get up and walk, and try and walk, and be mobile, and get myself focused on the future. I thought that. Maybe because of my injuries, I would need to get a job sitting behind a desk. And while two, three years into my studies, I, I realized that I actually re- really I needed to be active and moving. So I took a job as a trainee management, which meant I was up on my feet and I was moving and I was lifting and I was talking to people which, you know, with a sort of paralysed mouth, it wasn't always very clear to hear, I think. You have to use all your abilities for any improvement, I think.
1: In the early 1970s, little was understood about stroke.
0: There was no aftercare. From 1973, while I was in the hospital, recovering in hospital, I used to have physiotherapy in the gym, at the hospital where they gave me treatment in the swimming pool, aqua therapy or whatever they called it. That was it. And I was released from hospital and, and, and it was up to me to do the best I could to rehabilitate myself, I guess. When I actually had the accident, my father was working in Saudi Arabia and he was home the next day. He gave up a well-paid job and they took me and I lived at their house. He bought a shop in uh, Dimchurch, and I lived with them for the two, three years of recovery. Six years afterwards, I started driving again. That was freedom, yes. And these days, because I I've, I've spent so long working and favoring my left side, because I paralyzed the right side, so I've now suffered severe stress and arthritis in my left side so (laughs) i'm a wheelchair powered wheelchair user and the car it gives me freedom it gets me out
1: after a few years living with his parents while he recovered toby decided to move out
0: i had an argument (laughs) i stormed out and i thought this is unfair (laughs) and left home they had a general provision shop and i was working for my father and he was paying me and, and helping me that way. So the, the little money I had saved, I spent fairly shortly. And then I received, I had to go on to the benefit system and then go to college and teach and get a grant and educate myself. I knew it was a long road. It, you know, I've never looked back. I like to look forward and plan for tomorrow rather than worry about what's gone yesterday. And so I was always forwards motivated, and I still am. I've worked in, in retail, I've worked in warehousing, i worked for 10 years for um, Amphenol Limited. They're an electronics components industry making things for the Ministry of Defence and they designed the telephone jack plugs that replace the original oval disc you used to have on the wall. And I was in the piece part stores where I used to have to sort of feed these products to the assembly line and keep stocks. And I enjoyed that. That was a good job. I got married and I had three children. And the last 10 years, I've been holidaying in Lithuania and France. And I've been going to Australia for, for eight years. Visiting old friends that I met when I came back from Australia in 1970. I go and visit them and stay with them. And I've got friends in Vietnam I go and visit. And I was due to go this year to spend this whole month of April two weeks in Vietnam and two weeks in North Queensland. Coronavirus foiled me, I'm afraid. Since he
1: suffered his stroke in 1973, Toby has seen a huge improvement in awareness of stroke.
0: I think over the last 10, 15 years stroke associated care and and help has grown massively and it and it's it's wonderful it's it's a wonderful thing every time i see something online i contact the people i communicate with the stroke association and but as time goes on and things get more and more difficult for me with the power chair and everything it's it's hard to stay so sort of focused on everything if there's an appeal or an outcry for assistance with Anybody who's suffered stroke, I'm usually onto it. It helps me to think that I'm helping other people. I'm a people kind of person, and I like to help and assist wherever I can. You know, I know there's a lot of difficulty in the world at the moment, for disabled people especially, so I try and help out where I can.
1: Although Toby had to take on his recovery by himself, He has managed to consistently work, start a family, and travel all around the world. Still to come on Stroke Stories, Toby on struggling to maintain friendships after his stroke.
0: Because my father came home from Saudi Arabia, and bought himself a shop in Dimchurch, and moved me in with them, I was 20, 30 miles away from my friends. So I lost all, all contact before the days of mobile phones. I lost all that.
1: And he gives his advice to other stroke survivors.
0: Try and think ahead and to keep exercising. However small or uh, as much as they can do, get on an exercise bike, pedal bike, whatever they can do, swim or exercise, and use their mind. Think for tomorrow. Try not to dwell too much on what's happened.
1: Let's hear how Toby has managed to cope during the coronavirus pandemic.
0: After my accident, I spent so much time on my own, alone and isolated, if you like. It's just like repeating that, only now I'm wise to it (laughs) and I've got my head screwed on, you know? Because I wasn't able to have any sort of physiotherapy or any help, I had to do everything for myself. I had to work, walk, and I had quite severe sort of scarring in my face through going through the windscreen and it was all sort of red and healing and the looks I used to get from people and I used to experience people avoiding me to purposely avoiding me and it hurt you know and and, and now I look back and I understand and I know but they were hard days and, that, and that's that's what I mean with the isolation and the uh, the loneliness really I lost all my friends because I lived 20 odd miles away when I had the accident. And because my father came home from Saudi Arabia and bought himself a shop in Dimchurch and moved me in with them, I was 20, 30 miles away from my friends. So I lost all all contact before the days of mobile phones. I lost all that. I've got to become self-reliant. And I left home and I went to college and the benefit system helped me for a while, but I had to get a job and I knew all this. I was forward thinking all the time.
1: Toby's stroke was many years ago, but he lives with its effects every day.
0: I'm still sort of paralysed down my right soul. I've got a paralysed right hand. I, I can open and close the fingers and I can move the hand, but I can't do anything with it. I can lift things, I can carry using both hands. I can drive the car, I can operate the joystick on my wheelchair, but that's about it. I used to be right-handed and write with my right hand. I can't do that now, so I had to change and learn to write left-handed when I went to college. So I had to scribble out the notes and spend hours at night copying out my notes so that I could read them. It worked because I got a grade A pass with distinction in business and general studies. And I only did a first year of an OND in business and general studies because I then decided I needed to be active and working. I hope I've grown to be the man that I I was going to be. I'm an honest, genuine, caring, friendly kind of guy and I've got no shadows in the cupboard or anything like that. I've accepted it. I can't do anything about it. I've had to accept it. If people I talk to don't equally accept it, honestly, I I can't help them. If people judge me based on what I can't do, I've got no time for them.
1: And Toby thinks you should try to keep as active as possible.
0: I would try and advise a person who's suffered stroke to try and think ahead and to keep exercising. However small or uh, as much as they can do, get on an exercise bike, pedal bike, whatever they can do, swim or exercise and use their mind. Think for tomorrow, try not to dwell too much on what's happened. For family, for friends, just give as much support and encouragement really to keep moving. Toby
1: was lucky to escape a serious car crash with his life, and he hasn't let his injuries or his stroke stop him from living a full and happy life. Coming up on the next episode of Stroke Stories. I was partying, and it was December 9th, December 10th, and I was in the Davis Hospital here in Utah for two days. And then I started to have multiple organ failure. My heart shut down, my liver shut down, my kidneys shut down. So they transferred me to the University of Utah. And the crazy thing you know, about that was nobody in my family knew where I was for those two days. Please do subscribe, rate, and comment to the Stroke Stories episodes you like because that helps us spread the word. And if you are or know of a stroke survivor and have a story to share, please contact via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.